Okay, good evening and welcome to the February 1st, 2023 hybrid meeting of the San Francisco Board of Appeals. President Rick Swig will be the presiding officer tonight and he's joined by Vice President Jose Lopez, Commissioner Alex Lemberg, Commissioner John Trisvina, and Commissioner J.R. Epler. Also present is Deputy City Attorney John Givner who will provide the board with any needed legal advice. At the controls is the board's legal assistant, Alec Longway, and I'm Julie Rosenberg, the board's executive director. We will also be joined by representatives from the city departments that will be presenting before the board this evening. Tina Tam, the Deputy Zoning Administrator representing the Planning Department, Matthew Green, Chief Building Inspector with the Department of Building Inspection, and Chris Buck, Urban Forester representing San Francisco Public Works, Bureau of Urban Forestry. The board meeting guidelines are as follows. The board requests that you turn off or silence all phones and other electronic devices so they will not disturb the proceedings. No eating or drinking in the hearing room. Appellants, permit holders, and department respondents each are given seven minutes to present their case and three minutes for rebuttal. People affiliated with these parties must include their comments within these seven or three minute periods. Members of the public who are not affiliated with the parties have up to three minutes each to address the board and no rebuttal. Time may be limited to two minutes if the agenda is long or if there are a large number of speakers. Mr. Longley, our legal assistant, will give you a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Four votes are required to grant an appeal or modify a permit or determination. If you have questions about requesting a rehearing, the board rules or hearing schedules, please email board staff at boardofappeals at sfgov.org. Now, public access and participation are of paramount importance to the board. SFGov TV is broadcasting and streaming this hearing live, and we will have the ability to receive public comment for each item on today's agenda. SFGov TV is also providing closed captioning for the, this meeting. To watch the hearing on TV, go to SFGov TV cable channel 78. Please note that it will be rebroadcast on Fridays at 4 p.m. on channel 26. A link to the live stream is found on the homepage of our website at sfgov.org forward slash BOA. Now, public comment can be provided in three ways. One, in person. Two, via Zoom. Go to our website and click on the hearings link. Or three, by telephone. Call 1-669-900-6833 and enter webinar, webinar ID 830-4198-3909. Again, SFGov TV is broadcasting and streaming the phone number and access instructions across the bottom of the screen if you're watching the live stream or broadcast. To block your phone number when calling in, first off, star 67, then the phone number. Listen for the public comment portion for your item to be called and dial star 9, which is the equivalent of raising your hand so that we know you want to speak. You will be brought into the hearing when it is your turn. You may have to dial star 6 to unmute yourself. You will have three minutes, to, uh, two or three minutes, depending on the length of the agenda and the volume of speakers. Our legal assistant will provide you with a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Please note that there is a delay between the live proceedings and what is broadcast and live streamed on TV and the internet. Therefore, it's very important that people calling in reduce or turn off the volume on their TVs or computers. Otherwise, there is interference with the meeting. If any of the participants or attendees on Zoom need a disability accommodation or technical assistance, you can make a request in the chat function to Alec Longway, the board's legal assistant, or send an email to boardofappeals at sfgov.org. Now, the chat function cannot be used to provide public comment or opinions. Please note that we will take public comment first from those members of the public who are physically present in the hearing room. Now, we will swear in or affirm all those who intend to testify. Please note that any member of the public may speak without taking an oath pursuant to their rights under the Sunshine Ordinance. If you intend to testify at any of tonight's proceedings and wish to have the board give your testimony evidentiary weight, raise your right hand and say I do after you've been sworn in or affirmed. Do you swear or affirm that the testimony you're about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? 
Okay, mm -hmm. thank you. If you're a participant and you're not speaking, uh, please put your Zoom speaker on mute. I okay, do. thank you. Uh, we, commissioners, we do have one housekeeping item. Uh, the parties for items, item numbers 8A through 8D at 1863 Pine Street have requested that these appeals be continued to February 22nd. So we would need a motion uh, on that, and we also need to take public comment, so. We do hear a motion. <clears throat> I'll make the motion. Okay, we have a motion from President Swig to continue this item to February 22nd. Is there any public comment on this item? Please raise your hand or approach the podium. I don't see any public comments. So on this motion to continue this matter at the request of the parties, uh, Vice President Lopez. Aye. Commissioner Trisvina. Aye. Commissioner Lemberg. Aye. Commissioner Epler. Aye. So that motion carries uh, five to zero and those matters are continued to February 22nd. So we will now move on to item number one. This is a special item, Board of Appeals budget priorities for fiscal years 23, 24, and 24, 25. This is an opportunity for members of the public to provide the board input on budget priorities pursuant to section 3.3B1 of the administrative code in advance of the board's consideration of the fiscal year 24 and 25 budget. Is there any member of the public who wants to provide feedback? Please raise your hand or approach the podium. Okay, I don't see anyone here, so we will move on to item two. Uh, this is general public comment. Is there anyone here? This is an opportunity to provide a comment on matters not before the board, but that are within the board's jurisdiction. Is there anyone here for general public comment? Please raise your hand. We have one. Okay, please approach. Mr. Mr. Carnes, welcome. So good evening, commissioners. My name is Lance Carnes. I'm a resident of District 3. At the January 18th Board of Appeals meeting, I heard Buff quote an, inaccurate, an inaccurate statistic that 50% of ficus trees in the city are on the verge of failing. I believe this number is closer to 10%. Here's why. In 2017, the city paid for a survey of all SF street trees with a project called Every Tree SF at a cost of $500,000. Dozens of professional arborists fanned out over the city, recording each tree's location, species, and condition. The results were compiled into a database. The worst condition rating was priority removal. The trees that had the most removal ratings were Acacia, Pedosporum, and London Plain. Fifth on the, on the list was ficus, 7,773 trees, of which 653, or 8.40%, were rated to remove. The survey, the survey was done six years ago, so it's likely the percentage of ficus removals may now be around 10%, still a far cry from Buff's estimate of 50% removals. I think Buff should discard seat-of-the-pants estimates and instead use scientific methods to, to determine the health of the city's trees. I'm not an arborist, but I have, but I'm happy to provide Buff with a random list of a few hundred ficus trees and their locations from their database so they can do their own current survey. Thank you. 
Okay, thank you. Is there any further general public comment? Please approach the podium or raise your hand. Okay, I don't see any, so we're gonna move on to item number three, commissioner comments and questions. Commissioners? Commissioners, any, any comments? Other than their sad loss of the 49ers? <clears throat> oh, hearing none, let's move on. Okay, um, I do, I believe we need to just turn on the screen for Commissioner Trevino. Okay, thank you. We are now moving on to item number four. Commissioners before you for discussion and possible adoption are the minutes of the January 18th, 2023 meeting. And note, uh, Commissioner Lemberg noted, contacted me prior to the hearing and noted that under item three, the general public comment by Josh Clip, the words power ball should be power wall for the Tesla charging station. That was in reference, um, my ignorance about Tesla. So, um, it, are there any other amendments or changes? Do I hear a motion to? I'll move to approve the amendments as amended. Okay, so we have a motion from Commissioner Trisvina to adopt the minutes as amended by Commissioner Lemberg. On that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? Aye. So that motion carries five to zero and the minutes are adopted. And so we are now moving on to Item number five, this is appeal number 22-086, 737 Buena Vista LLC versus San Francisco Public Works, Bureau of Urban Forestry, subject property, 737 Buena Vista Avenue West, appealing the issuance on November 14th, 2022 uh, of a public works order, denial of an application to remove two street trees with replacement. Tree number one is 45 feet high with 15 foot spread, the tree is in fair condition and not an immediate threat to safety. Tree number two is 45 feet high with a 25 foot spread, the tree is in poor to fair condition but not an urgent or immediate threat to safety. This is order number 207311. And I understand the parties have come to agreement but we will, uh, they would like to address the board and we also take public comments. So welcome, this is um, Mr. Danny Turner, the attorney for the appellant. Good evening, commissioners. Daniel Turner here from Ruben Genius Rose on behalf of the homeowner. Uh, Justin Zucker sincerely apologizes for not appearing for you, but he's in another meeting. Um, the homeowner, Joby Pritzker, would like to give a few words before I continue my presentation. I believe he is here with us on Zoom. Okay. Yes. Welcome. Please go ahead. Okay. Hi, I'm Joby. Uh, I own the property at 737 Buena Vista Avenue West. I bought the property in 2015 and I've um, done a major renovation here, respecting the historic features of the house. As part of the renovation, um, we're doing a robust landscaping plan um, being across the street from Buena Vista Park. We are paying careful attention to greening the property, and we are excited to have found a path forward uh, that my council will now discuss. Yeah, so we're excited to see this project move forward to beautify a prominent street across from the city's oldest park, Buena Vista Park. Um, as mentioned in the brief, renovation of this historic home has been drawn out due to some challenges, but now that construction is complete and the risk of damage or destruction to landscaping is no more, we're seeking approval to put the cherry on top, so to say, and complete the landscaping, which is typically done last to avoid inadvertent destruction or damage. 
We are happy to let you know that after lengthy discussion with the Bureau of Urban Forestry, we've crafted a mitigation plan that meets the city's standards for removal and replacement of the two street trees in front of the property. To that end, a draft proposed order prepared in collaboration with the Bureau of Urban Forestry has been submitted for your review and consideration. And I have hard copies available if you would like to review those. One of the subject trees is 15 inches in diameter and in poor condition. It is prone to failure and would benefit from replacement. From conversations with the Bureau of Urban Forestry, the removal and replacement of this tree is not viewed um, as development related. The other tree is 18 inches in diameter and is in fair condition. To offset the loss of that 18 inch tree, six 48 inch box trees that are approximately three to three and a quarter inch in diameter will be planted to replace with approximately 19.5 inches of biomass and offset that biomass loss of the 18 inch tree. Five trees will be planted in front of the property, which is only 75 feet wide, um, and per code requirements only requires four street trees. In addition, a vandalized one inch tree in front of the adjacent parcel will be replaced with a consistent 48 inch box tree for a total of six trees. The neighbors at 755 welcomed this replacement and a letter of support was submitted with our brief. In light of the loss of a tree planting location due to PG&E's placement of a utility vault in the sidewalk, nine vine pockets will also be added. We're also excited about this project because it will replace the existing damaged sidewalk. Both trees have root systems that are uplifting the sidewalk, damaging it, and creating a trip hazard. The damage is not insignificant, and consequent, consequently, another arm of DPW has tagged the sidewalk for repair and or replacement. Uh, no one likes to receive a notice from the city, but the timing here couldn't be better, because as part of the project, the sidewalk would be replaced with street pavers. These pavers will both beautify the street realm and significantly improve water absorption and support surface water management. The mitigation plan meets the city's standards for removing and replacing street trees, will improve pedestrian safety, will beautify a prominent street tree across from a prominent park, and is welcomed by the neighborhood as evidence from the letters of support submitted in the record. We urge you to grant the appeal. Um, that concludes the presentation, and I and the project team are available for any questions. Thank okay, you. thank you. And we are showing the proposed uh, order or the conditions agreed to between the parties on the screen. So now, did Buff want to address the board as well? Good evening, Commissioners. Chris Buck with San Francisco Public Works, Bureau of Urban Forestry. Um, I'll cover some basic background, and then I always do like to show a few photos of the subject trees to um, help provide a visual. Um, so the application initially was denied by staff. Um, our staff assessment where trees were in uh, fair to good condition, tree number one. Tree number two is fair to poor, um, but we noticed that there's a permit from several years ago that was not completely followed up on. We're aware of that. Um, that was a subject of conversation at the public works hearing when they uh, appealed our denial. And um, in the extensive brief that the appellant has provided, they've gone into detail on uh, reasons for delay. Um, some members of the public may see it as a failure to complete existing conditions. Um, I hear that, but once we've received that brief, it's very extensive explaining that to some degree they're waiting for the final step of finishing what they're doing on site. And um, that's, that's why there's sort of this two-part process. We did require a separate additional permit application, certainly a different set of circumstances. That said, even when we were denying these trees after the resulting decision, our interim director in reviewing the recommendation said, you're describing one of these trees as poor and I'm, and I'm denying this why. And we, we just calmly said, there were some issues. You know, we're, the message is we're not there yet. 
Having received the appeal um, brief from the applicant, um, we've reviewed that closely. And we're in a situation where one of the trees is essentially poor. I'll show that in a moment. One tree is good. The tree that's good has an 18-inch diameter. The proposal is to plant six 48-inch box-sized trees. Also, in the last intervening four years, an electrical vault showed up in the public right-of-way, so we're assessing in lieu fee for the loss of a planting site in that frontage. They're also installing landscaping at the back of sidewalk, vines that'll grow along the facade, and permeable uh, pavers towards the road, and a pretty substantial amount of permeable um, pavers. So at this point in time, the site literally is going to be maxed out in terms of what can reasonably be done with greening. Um, we're open to that. I think if we were to continue denying this application, it would... Um, the questions you would all would have is, it seems like this is one of those ones where they can achieve reasonable replacement. Would that not be fair for the city to accept? That's where we are at this point in time. Um, we're satisfied with the replacement plans, with our commitment to follow through, and explanations on why previous um, commitments were not adhered to. I'm just going to show a few slides now. So this tree is the uphill tree, tree number two. This is the, the tree that we described in different settings as either fair to poor. I would call it uh, poor, struggling, vigor, not uh, vigorous and green. It should be a really dark green, lustrous canopy. Uh, the next tree is the downhill tree, tree number one. This is the tree that we believe is good to fair condition with an 18-inch diameter uh, trunk measurement. This is the one that there is no compelling need to remove this tree. We recognize that in the resulting decision. But um, this is the same tree. The commitment to plant five 48-inch box-sized trees directly adjacent to the property along with an additional sixth tree at the downhill property so that there's a row of six new 48-inch box trees. We believe this is adequate mitigation to meet the, um, both the technical and, and spirit of our code. So with that said, we are asking commissioners to agree to overturn Public Works denial on the condition that the removal of two trees is conditioned on the total replacement of six 48-inch box trees and the payment of one in Luffy uh, due to the um, loss of a site from the electrical vault. Um, with that, I would like to just wrap up my comments. Thank you. Thank you. I don't see any questions this time. Oh, Sorry. President Swig. <coughs> Sorry, thank you. <coughs> um, I'm, I'm thrilled that you've come to a resolution on this. I'm particularly impressed by the fact that the, uh, the, uh, the homeowner is so uh, uh, proactive in, in being aggressive to plant more trees than necessary, which is not generally the example of the behavior that we, we see. Um, one of the things that you've trained us to be aware of is 48-inch boxes versus smaller trees because they are uh, harder to maintain. Uh, can you, uh, I'm 
I'm thrilled that there's a 48-inch box situation. However, it flies in the face of what you normally preach. Um, who's going to maintain them? Uh, what is your what is your comfort level with trees that where you have opined that 48-inch uh, boxes have less chance of survival than smaller uh, installations? Thank you, um, President Swig. So, uh, without a doubt. The larger the, the plant that you transplant, the longer it takes to establish. And so um, when it's not, uh, when removal and replacement is occurring due to public safety concerns, we typically start with a 15 gallon public works plants, a 24 inch box. Um, so in that regard, the goal here is really trying to capture the trunk diameter, you know, replacement value with the tree that's being removed. Survivability, it's, it's not so much survivability as it just takes a number of years for that tree to uh, hang out, uh, establish a root system, and get uh, producing new foliar mass. That said, the upside of a larger box tree, even though it's a pretty quiet neighborhood, uh, the larger the box size, certainly the less vandalism that the trees are subjected to. So from that perspective, that's a positive. So yes, in, in examples of uh, sort of discretionary or not public safety concern, when an applicant really is seeking to remove a tree, uh, we do look at allowing larger box sizes, again, to recover what we're losing. Again, the idea is that we, we potentially eliminate or reduce uh, the number of cases that come before you. But more important than that is we're also sending a message that we really want to retain the existing healthy tree if there's no compelling reason to remove it. Um, with that, I'm also pretty sure that there would be irrigation installed. If not irrigation, then attentive hand watering for the first three years. So regarding long-term maintenance, we just need the property owner to water and maintain the tree for the first three years until established. And then Public Works Street Tree SF will assume responsibility for the maintenance of those trees, including the tree planted downhill in front of 755 Buena Vista Ave West. So we have our existing street tree maintenance program that will maintain the trees once they've been established by the property owner. As, as part of that agreement, is that specified three-year window of, of the property owner's responsibility to, to water, is that clear? Correct, it'll always be in our conditions of that permit. And with a larger box size like this, I typically would even say, without even running by the owner, it's really three to five years. You know, they're, they're invested in seeing those trees get properly established. If we don't believe it's, it's done by year three due to the size, then you know, we'll tack on a couple of years. Um, but we're, we're confident in their desire to see these trees properly established. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Is there any public comment on this item? Please approach the podium. Uh, if I just want to make myself available on the arbors for the um, appellant. Okay, and, thank you. We're on public uh, comment now. Oh, I'm sorry. Hello, Lance Carnes again. Um, I, I read the uh, massive brief submitted by uh, Ruben, Janice, and Rose. Uh, it was interesting, had a lot of history. Um, uh, it took a while. Um, am, am I to understand that now there is a new agreement in place that we have not seen? Unless I 
sped read that thing on the screen there. I think that um, would it be possible to um, put this off for a, a vote until the public has had ample time to review the new plan of this, this property? And also, um, I'm in North Beach. We have, we, we planted a 48-inch box tree for Lawrence Ferlinghetti, um, which immediately went into root shock. And apparently it's still there. It's just not, in, not a very healthy tree. I think that, I've heard, I'm not an arborist. I've heard that 48-inch box trees just don't quite make it all the time. So why not just plant um, 24 or 36-inch box trees? They, they tend to do just fine. Um, so I would like to request that uh, this matter be you know, set aside so the public can review it before the board takes it up for a vote. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone in person who would like to provide public comment? Okay, uh, Mr. Nolte, please go ahead. Attending via Zoom. Uh, yes, yeah, so good evening, commissioners. Um, yes, I would uh, also agree that, that this should be continued because I didn't see in the uh, written statement that was quickly put on screen, and also since you're not being uh, shown on SFGov uh, TV, uh, the um, uh, didn't say a, a t any time date to this uh, agreement. And also, um, I would also, uh, since the property owners admitted they have had the property since 2014, um, and the street trees currently in front of the, of the property, uh, there are empty basins. So it does show that there's a lack of concern or, or, or dealing with the vandalism in the neighborhood or something that happened to those trees that uh, shoot trees that are in front of us, currently in front of this property. So I would question the, uh, the you know, having an, another agreement, uh, having an agreement, but also have also seen the history of the current property owner, uh, how he's dealt with those street trees in front of his property and not, not being able to maintain them um, and then assuming that these new trees that he's going to put in will be uh, feasibly maintained and actually be uh, secured and or replaced if they are damaged. I don't hear all the things that needs to be said in the plan for this to go forward. And also, it would probably be prudent also for a, uh, uh, these trees also to be uh, protected, um, uh, even though they're across from a, a park. The park has people that come to it. And so I think it would be appropriate that these trees also need uh, a tree protection too. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any further public comment? Please raise your hand. Okay, we're moving on to rebuttal. I know the parties have, oh, there we do There's have somebody. One. Okay, Michael Nolte, please go ahead. Uh, yes, uh, first I wanted to know if, uh, if the uh, commission members has received the uh, um, the uh, note, the information from Josh Cook in regards to this notice, I mean, this agenda item. And uh, second, I'd also uh, would um, um, also like to see the, the, uh, this appeal um, um, go forward and uh, uh, appreciate the comments of the previous speaker. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any further public comment? Okay, so uh, we're moving on to rebuttal. I know the parties have come to an agreement. That you do have time if you wanted to address the board. Three minutes. No? Okay. Okay, so commissioners, this matter is submitted.
Commissioners, I'll start with Commissioner Lopez if you have anything to say. Anybody have a, a any comment or a motion? Uh, I have I have a comment and a motion. I, I believe that the um, I'm I'm pleased by the ability of the uh, city and the uh, property owner to reach an agreement. Uh, I think that's really really important. Uh, I note I noted that in the materials there was no um, brief from 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 the, from the city department. I don't know if that's because they were working things out or for any other reason. But I also want to commend the property owner for the uh, report for Blackie and Young report from April of 2022 and the more recent one. It was thorough. It was precise. It was it was it was it was a I would say it was a good report, uh, and it 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 dealt with greater precision than than some of the terminology in in, in what I saw in the, in the public works order. So if this were still in dispute, I would have uh, sided with the property owner. And I also noted that the property owner. Uh, asserted, and I don't think it's any change that the uh, neighbors uh, supported uh, the, the property owner's uh, plan. So if the city's supporting the plan, the property owner's coming up with a new plan, appears responsive, I will move to uh, approve the um, uh, requested disposition. Okay, just one potential issue is that Buff raised um, a condition that wasn't part of the order. They want the property owner to maintain and water the trees for three years, but I didn't see that as part of the agreement, so I'm not sure if you want to include that or if we want to ask the property owner if he agrees to that. I would ask Mr. Trevino to amend his uh, motion to include that requirement, please. Okay, should we... Is, the property owner is on board with that, or I mean, yeah, that's good. Okay, thank you. So we then I will uh, assuming there's the assuming there's a, there is a second, I will amend. Uh, I will accept the President Swig's uh, recommended addition. Okay, so we have a motion from Commissioner Trisvina to grant the appeal and issue the order on the condition that it be revised to require the adoption of the conditions agreed to by the parties uh, and presented tonight, including uh, the requirement that the property owner maintain and water the replacement trees for three years. On uh, point, point of information, the, is, the, is the in lieu fee included in the? Yes, it's, in the, it's included. Okay, yeah. got it. So on that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? Aye. So that motion carries five to zero. And just um, for the record, do the parties waive the right to a rehearing? If so, we can get the decision out tomorrow. And I already heard from the property owner's attorney that yes. Public Works waives the right to rehearing. Okay. Thank you. So we'll get that decision out tomorrow. Thank you. So we will now move on to item number six. This is appeal number 22-090. William Weil and Iona Ziri versus Department of Building Inspection, subject property 244 Hartford Street, appealing the issuance on December 2nd, 2022, to Margaret Kashibi of an alteration permit, revision to permit application 2020-0921-4636 of a third floor remodel, minor layout change, and add shear wall detail and correct existing joist span direction. This is permit number 2022-1116-6647, and we will hear from the appellants first. 
Welcome. You have seven minutes. Thank you. Hi, my name is Bill Weil. I, my wife and I are the co-owners of our home in 246 Hartford Street, the lower unit of a two-condo two building directly below the permit applicant. While we've lived in San Francisco for many years, this is the first home we've been able to purchase. We live there with our two young children and work mostly from home. Uh, we've made our concerns known to all parties from the start and have been try tried to work constructively with our neighbor. However, she's continued to push ahead with her proposal now to dem demolish 43% of the walls in her unit uh, without providing the adequate structural support. It's taken us endless hours and over $30,000 of engineering and legal fees to demonstrate these repeated failings uh, of this proposal. While the applicant has stated that they've made amendments to the original plan several times, these were not voluntary changes and were only made uh, after the safety failings were made indisputable through our engineer David Strandberg's input. The latest revision, which we saw only on Friday, still proposes to remove the same structural, key structural walls without sufficient seismic strengthening, according to Mr. Strandberg. Uh, together, my wife and I survived the deadly 2005 earthquake in Indonesia, and my wife lived through the devastating Athens earthquake of, of 1999. So we are very conscious of what it means to live in a seismically active location. We understand the desire of our neighbor to improve her home and welcome that. We just implore the board to ensure that the work is done safely. Thank you. Good afternoon, my name is Andrew Catterall and I'm the attorney for the appellant. Um, this appeal involves a revision permit to a 2020 permit for the demolition of a number of interior and exterior walls in the upper floor of a two-unit condominium. Um, the permit was revised originally because there were not uh, calculations that were submitted with the permit. Um, it took our client's engineer to get involved and actually get the uh, um, calculations submitted, and the re this is the revision be because of that action. Um, since um, the revision's been in place, um, the engineers become involved uh, again, and his name's David Strandberg, and he's available on Zoom to explain in more detail, but he um, uh, found some de default effects in the uh, calculations, and um, and we had to submit this um, this appeal. Um, in the res in the permit holder's response to the appeal, she submitted um, some further um, per permits, uh, further plans that showed um, the fact that um, well, actually addressed the concerns of our engineer. Our engineer had noted that there were some 1985 plans that had um, done some structural strengthening to some shear walls. Um, these hadn't been accounted for in terms of uh, um, the revision permit that's before the board today. And um, it's appropriate. And so since that time, um, the two engineers have been discussing um, this. They've been trying to uh, come up with, see if they can come up with the correct calculations. And I think and until the engineers do come to some agreement on this, it's appropriate that the board put this off. You know, this is a life safety issue. It's, ex it's extremely important, and there's some disagreement amongst the engineers about what the correct res resolution is. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going I'm to send it over to David Strandberg, who should be on Zoom. Okay. But before you go, I have a... Wait, they're still in their presentation. Maybe they All should right. finish it, please. Okay. Go ahead, Mr. Strandberg. Okay, uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, and uh, do you want me to present drawings or just? Um, Whatever you wanna do, you have three minutes and 35 seconds. Okay, okay. 
Well, um, so uh, I've been reviewing the, the, the various versions of the proposed scope uh, to the remodel for um, the upper unit, 246 Hartford. And uh, effectively, there, you know, there's walls, a significant amount of walls being removed and um, some new walls being put in place. But the, right now, um, kind of the, 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 the biggest problem are some of the a few existing shear walls that are, have been proposed to be removed. And those, um, when I say existing shear walls, that's just based on a uh, 1985 permit set that shows them as existing shear walls. And um, we are uh, asking that calculations and details be provided uh, to account for the overturning forces from those shear walls um, in the transverse direction. It's just that it's that it's accounted for and reviewed by the building department. Um, so that currently at, at, at this point hasn't taken place, but we have been in contact with, uh, we just had a meeting today with Karen Liang um, and the uh, engineer that's representing, that's doing the work now on um, 246 Hartford, Burr, and um, seems like we have a common understanding of the work that needs to get done, but we'd like time to see that work done and, um, and reviewed adequately. Okay, thank you. You have two minutes left. Um, did you want to add anything else? I could, uh, uh, sure. I mean, I could keep, I could maybe share a screen if you'd like, or um, sure, and show you specifically um, the. These are the drawings. They still, <clears throat> these drawings are uh, signed by that they're produced by Mercury Engineering. Um, this is the approved set. So these these are. Uh, the, the walls that were being removed that were shear walls that are sort of flanking this uh, atrium space, this light well space adjacent to the kitchen. Um, and then there was a, an approval here to, to uh, put in a window. This is an existing shear wall where they put in a window. Uh, the, the new proposed plans are no longer, um, once Alan got involved, uh, I believe they've decided to that's not a, a good idea because there's It'd be very hard to compensate for that. But, um, and so uh, Alan's done a good job of trying to get shear walls in here to kind of compensate for what's being lost. In fact, on this line, they're actually adding um, a shear wall in, removing a window. Um, but the, uh, we're just wanting to see some accountability for what happens to the overturning in, a, in an earthquake. So there's uplift and downward forces from the, the, the shear wall that needs to get, that can have an impact on the unit below. Um, <clears throat> this wall in particular right here, if you can see, um, that is currently proposed to be a shear wall, lands on um, the lower unit's header over top of a window. And we'd like to see that that uh, hold down force is accounted for and right now uh, in the current, um, we have 30 seconds. Okay. In the current structural drawings, these are, these are the current structural drawings. It says, you know, produce, it, it calls out a hold down or a strap, but it doesn't say where it goes or what it's going to connect to. And we'd like to see, uh, have that explained and articulated to uh, the building department and have them review that. Okay. Thank you. We did have a question from Commissioner Trezvina before and then President Swig. Do you still have a question? Commissioner Trezina? Uh, 
Thank you. I have a question for, for Mr. Catterall, uh, also referencing something that Mr. Sandberg just said. It seems to me that you're asking for asking us to for, for more time. Are you asking us not to hear this tonight? Are you asking us to get involved in the discussions you're having? I'm not sure what it is that we have before us. Well, I think ju just based on the fact that that the permit holders ad admitted to the to the fact that the the plans that have been approved are are in fact unsafe and defective. I think that the permit needs to meets or the appeal needs to be granted, um, and if necessary, you know, issue a special conditions permit. Um, if you're inclined to deny or to put this off, I think that would be appropriate as well, so the engineers can come to some consensus about what the issue is. You're welcome. Just to follow on to that, uh, what what you want to do is move towards a settlement, uh, make our lives easier rather than hearing this thing play, you know, win lose baseball tonight, uh, possibly through further discussion with uh, with mutual counsel, mutual engineers. There's the opportunity to reach settlement and say goodbye and never see us again. Is that true? How are you, Ryan? Thank you, President Swig. Ryan Patterson for the appellants. Uh, just to clarify. The issue is that shear walls are being removed without being properly accounted for in the engineering. Uh, the engineers are trying to work that out, but it's not properly shown in the plans, and we want that to be shown properly in the plans. Uh, the board could either revoke the existing permit, and they have to file a new permit doing that, or we could continue this, they make the corrections to the plans and bring it back in a proper form, and we should be all done, as long as it's safe. Or you could settle and write us a note and say that you're done. Sure. Okay. If the engineers agree, then that's the goal. That's good. Thank you very much for that. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Lemberg has a question. Sorry, I just thought of this. Um, since this is an alteration permit, if we were to grant the appeal uh, and overturn this permit, would then you not just be stuck with the previous permit that uh, is that this permit was issued to alter? It's a good question. DBI has determined that that previous permit was issued without the correct calculations. So that defect still remains and still needs to be addressed. And I think that would be up to DBI to either revoke that permit or require a new permit. Um, but I think the simplest thing is for them to go back, fix the plans, and then we'll come back and hopefully have proper plans at that point. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. We will now hear from the permit holder. Uh, thank you, commissioners. I'm Tom Tunney. I'm counsel for um, Margaret Kashibi. She's the owner of 244. Um, I, I guess as you've deduced, this has come down to some very recent discussions. Um, our engineer and Mr. Strandberg spoke with a DBI plan checker today. Um, we feel like they were very close to an agreement on what needs to be shown uh, on the drawings and added to what's been approved. Um, in fact, it, our, our engineer's characterization of the discussion is that he and the DBI plan checker had come to an agreement. Mr. Strandberg may not have completely agreed, but wanted more information. Um, we've worked very hard to provide the information and the the changes that the neighbors have requested 
for months now. Um, it has been a very long process. My client has a, an open construction site in her unit. Uh, she's been living with this since the summer. We're open to a short continuance. Uh, we, we can agree that that would be helpful, but we would ask that this be continued for one week and we'd be able to come back here. I, I, frankly, I'm concerned that they may not agree. Um, we are absolutely gonna do what DBI tells us we need to do to make this a, a code complying permit and project. Ms. Kashibi has the same interest in this building being safe. She lives there. Uh, so um, we'd ask that this be continued for one week. W they will continue to talk. We will try to come up with a solution that they're okay with. Um, but I, I just wanted to set that, the stage that way to understand you know, where people are in this discussion and where we may end up next week. We're gonna do our best. Um, we, we would be coming back to you next week with a, a proposal that DBI is ready to approve. I can assure you of that. We're available for any questions. Our engineer is here, Ms. Kashibi. Anything you'd like to ask or talk about, we're happy to, um, but that's all I have for the moment. Thank you. Thank you. We have a question from Commissioner Lemberg. Uh, not not as much of a question as a comment, but more, I, I, I just heard you say that if, uh, that you would come back in a week with a proposal that DBI is willing to sign off on, uh, but I just want to make clear that it would also need to be something that the appellant is will and their engineer is also willing to sign off on, uh, because that that is what we would adopt if if all the parties come to an agreement. Um, but if it's just with DBI, we would not consider that a, a, a stipulated agreement. I, I oh, I understand. Okay. I understand. We I, I'm saying we may still be disputing. It may be us and DBI saying that this is sufficient and they may not agree. Okay. Um, I may have a follow-up question in, in rebuttal, but I'll, I'll okay, pass for sure. now. Thank you. Thank you. We will now hear from the planning department. Nothing from the planning? Okay, we will hear from DBI. Um, uh, uh, good evening, uh, President Swig, Vice President Lopez, Commissioners. I'm Matthew Green, uh, representing the Department of Building Inspection tonight. Um, the permit before you is a revision to a previously approved permit to remodel the third floor unit. Uh, this building is a three-story, two-unit building that was previously converted to condominiums. Um, as stated before, there were some issues with the engineering approval for the original permit. This permit is intended to correct those oversights. Um, the permit holder has responded to DBI's requests uh, throughout this process. Um, after this permit was approved, uh, the appellant discovered work that had been done decades before that uh, brought new issues to light. Uh, the permit holder's engineer has addressed these issues with new drawings. Um, DBI engineer Karen Liang has been in extensive contact with the permit holder's engineer and the appellant's engineer. Um, they were meeting as of 4.30 this afternoon, just before I came over here. Uh, Ms. Liang is satisfied that the new drawings are adequate and meet code requirements. So. Uh, I was, I was about to recommend that we, um, that you uphold the permit with the special conditions permit, um, on the condition that they obtain a spe special conditions permit with these new engineering drawings as approved by Karen Liang, but if they're willing to uh, ask for a continuance to come back with full, full um, agreement between the two engineers, I'm happy to uh, support that. Um, 
I'd just like to add that DVI spent a good amount of time on this project, including a site visit in mid-November that included uh, the appellants, myself, the permit holder, the permit holder's engineer, Deputy Director Joe Duffy, uh, engineer Karen Liang, the district building inspector, and the district building inspector supervisor. And we're, we're all uh, recommend, I was going to say that we all recommend adopting this special conditions permit, but if they want to get a continuance, we can understand that. Um, I'm available for any questions you may have. So we should be comfortable that you guys are close. In fact, as far as you're concerned, you're done. Um, and what would give us even better closure would be if both parties agreed. Uh, but regardless, uh, given that we both heard tonight that a one-week um, extension wouldn't be harmful to either party, might as well see if they can come to a final agreement. And, and uh, yeah, there's no harm in that. We, we, we that's were cleaner. Yeah, our, our engineer who's been on the site and mm -hmm. is very familiar with the project is happy with the drawings they've submitted, but if they want to make a few more tra uh, changes, that's great. There's, uh, you know, there's three engineers involved here. Two of them are happy with the pro product so far. If, if all three can agree, that'd be great. And you'll have something, if we do uh, postpone a decision for tonight, you'll have something ready for next week so we can all see it together, right? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Trisvenia has a question. Yeah, I have a question that I, I, I agree with the, the way the disposition is, is seeming to go, but uh, when I see major disagreements between people who literally live under the same roof, I, I somebody gets concerned. Uh, the, the issue of the ceiling joists being depicted as east-west, north-south, is that still an issue? Does the does DBI agree with one side or the other on this? Yes, uh, there was an issue about um, concern of the ceiling joists in the in the different areas of the building, but it's we, that's why we performed the site visit here. We're we're, we're satisfied to move forward. So there's no that's no longer an issue for anybody. No, great. No, no sorry. Okay, thank you. Thank you. We will now take public comment. Is there anyone here for public comment on this item? Please raise your hand. Okay, I don't see anybody, so we will move on to rebuttal. Mr. Catterall, you have three minutes. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that they're willing to um, try and work things out here, but I think that um, one week is fairly optimistic. I, you know, and I think that we need to consult with our engineer and, and find out how long it's going to take for him to come to some conclusion on this. Um, I'd like to see if it, February 22nd would be available, and I'm going to check with uh, Mr. Strandberg to see if that's available for him as well. Um, I'd also like to point out that, um, although Mr. Green had indicated that there was some, you know, excessive diligence on the behalf of the DBI, um, you know, regardless of what that was, it still um, was prior to the discovery of this 1985 permit. That is, that's the reason why we're we're here now. So, you know, some of these things haven't haven't been looked at by the DBI, frankly. And that's all I have for now. Thank you. Okay, thank you. We will now hear from the permit holder. I thank you. Um, the 22nd is three weeks. We don't agree to that. Um, we would agree to one week, or uh, if, if that's not acceptable to the appellants, then we'd ask that this commission, the, the Board of Appeals, um, approve the special conditions permit 
tonight. Um, it's ready for approval. I think DBI has confirmed that. So that's our position. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, DBI, anything further? Oh, I'm sorry, Commissioner Epler has a question. Just, uh, just one quick question. Um, slightly concerned about the appearance of the 85 plans um, since uh, you'd already gone through the process of devising plans and uh, would have presumably done a, a document search to make sure that you knew what you were revising or, or rehabilitating, reconstructing. How were the 85 plans missed as part of that process? I mean, it seems like they're one of the big motivating factors for the current disagreement. Good evening. My name is Alan Burr, structural engineer for the permit. Um, we took over the project last summer from the original engineer. The, when we started the project, we did a document search for permits online. And that particular permit that David Strandberg found was noted as a, I think it, it was a deck living room kitchen remodel. And so nothing on there told us it was a seismic, had seismic work involved. There were some other documents or permits that talked about seismic work, one of which had been canceled. So uh, we missed that one ourselves because it wasn't called out as a seismic, a seismic work. Okay, thank you. Could I add just uh, a little more in response to that? It, it was also um, part, of the, part of the problem was that these two units were converted to condos and that permit was under their address, which we wouldn't have realized. And so we were searching for permits under our address, and it didn't show up. Thank you. We will now hear from the Department of Building Inspection. Uh, thank you. I'd like to confirm what Mr. Catterall said. The 85 permit did come uh, to light after the site visit. Um, but Karen Liang, the engineer involved here, was at the site visit and has been looking at the 1985 plans and the new drawings, and she's still confident of this new, these new drawings. And I'd also like to confirm that once, after buildings are converted to condominiums to get to new lot and blocks, then it does get the permit uh, research a little, a little confusing. I've come across that myself, finding records from uh, buildings prior to they were converted to condominiums. Um, I'm available for any questions you may have. We have a question from Commissioner Lemberg. Is Ms. Liang present tonight? Uh, she is not. I, I think if we do end up continuing this, I think it might be helpful to have her present uh, so we can hear directly from her what the what DBI's official position on this is. That, that's it. Oh, yeah, I'll <laughs> ask her, but uh, I'm giving you DBI's official position. <laughs> No, I understand. I just <laughs> okay. because there are three engineers involved here, and uh, we're we're only hearing from two of them, and the third one is the one I probably would give the most weight to. So okay. uh, I think having her directly testify would be okay. helpful. If if uh, we I, end up well, I, I did ask her to attend tonight. She just has other uh, uh, you know obligations. I, I will ask her to come to the next meeting. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, commissioners. This Commissioners, comments? 
Well, um, since always popping up, I, I would, uh, what I heard was um, a, compromise a compromise position to extend, uh, uh, a recommendation to extend the hearing. Uh, I heard Mr. Tony compromise and with one week. Um, I, I think that that presents a hardship to extend it to February 22nd. Uh, it's a fair compromise, especially since we've heard that DBI's already accepted the plans and would be ready to go tonight. So one week is reasonable, fair compromise, and uh, so I, I would suggest that we defer uh, a decision until next week and um, limit some of the presentation time, correct? Is Pardon? If we, if we um, defer a decision, if we move this uh, for the purpose of, of seeing the plans next week, we don't have to go through seven seven. And no, each party would have three minutes to address the board and no rebuttal. Thank you. That's comment. why. That's why I'm asking. Okay. <laughs> You're <laughs> always you. clear, much clearer on the subject than I am. Okay. So, uh, uh, so commissioners, that's, that's what I would suggest, and then and hopefully the two parties will uh, come to an agreement and report in that they've done so, and we won't even have to have three minutes. So is that your motion? Yeah. Okay. So we have a motion from President Swig to continue this matter to February 8th so that the permit holder can have revised plans that are acceptable, acceptable to DBI and the appellant. Is that right? Okay, so on that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Trezvina? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Appler? Aye. Okay, that motion carries five to zero and we'll see you next week. And we will put you at the beginning of the agenda. Thank you. Okay, we are now moving on to item number seven. This is appeal number 22-093. Derek Shochera, sorry if I mispronounced that, versus Department of Building Inspection, Planning Department approval. Subject property, 379 to 399 Chestnut Street. Appealing the issuance on November 23rd, 2022 to Wilson Chu of an alteration permit. Comply with notice of violation number 20217-5327. Replace in kind wood framed utility platform on existing roof with existing burr roofing. This is permit number 2022-0614-6293. And we will hear from the appellant first. Eric, I'd like to thank the Board of Appeals and the commissioners for giving me the time to voice my concerns about this permit and the multiple negative effects this deck would have on myself and my neighbors. Um, I have a number of photographs that I think might make it easier to sort of explain the situation. I think we all have an instant image of what we think about a roof being, and this is not really the case. This isn't a, a situation where they're proposing this deck be built on the top of the building. It's essentially a landing, a glorified um, fire escape that is built flush up against uh, my building and my windows. So if I can, I want to share my screen, and then I'll continue to talk over those. Sure, we can pause the time while you share. Okay. Time is paused. These would work. Okay, can you see that? Yes. Okay, great. 
So this is the third time that someone's attempted to build a deck on this space, and the city has shut down the project each time for a number of violations, um, some which had no permits, or we weren't given notification uh, on a previous occasion. Um, they put hot tar out on the roof, which flooded my apartment with black smoke and resulted in the fire department needing to be called. And this first image is from one of my windows looking down on this deck. This was, I think, the second time um, that they started building it without a permit. This was from April of 2021. And you can see the proximity there. Um, and in the process of building this deck, they also put wooden frames around two heating ducts, uh, which seemed ill-advised. Um, the current zoning laws, as far as They've been explained to me, state that a rooftop deck has to be built three to five feet from the edge of the building, three to five feet from other structures like neighboring buildings, and three to five feet away from light wells. And none of those things are possible with this location, uh, particularly when I think the permit calls for a 200 square foot deck. Um, the permit also states that this is a rebuild of an existing deck, but there's been no deck there for the 20 years that I've lived in my apartment. And they're also stating that it's the, the deck was originally built in 1938. And essentially what they're proposing is an unnecessary luxury addition to a non-compliant structure with nothing but future headaches that shouldn't be grandfathered in, which seems to be the basis of this 1938 claim. And the idea of grandfathering in something from 85 years ago without further scrutiny is also confusing to me. I mean, 85 years ago, doctors recommended cigarettes to their patients, you know, to calm their nerves. And we thought asbestos was, you know, the best protection against fire. So if the current zoning law states this isn't a legitimate or safe place to construct a deck, um, I would hope that that would take precedence over what am amounts to a loophole. Also this deck, uh, in this photograph, you can see the arrow essentially points to my windows, uh, both the location and height of my windows. So they're right right there and right below that arrow is where the light well is on one side and then on the other side you have um, a fire escape which would also be potentially blocked by the building of the deck there whoops oh my god these are slight um there's a wide view of that same location um They've also, I've been in contact with my landlady and they recently read the deciding on the building and in the process of, of rebuilding the deck for a third time, they've begun nailing wood into the side of, of our building there, which she's not particularly pleased about. Um, this is a wider view and this again shows that this landing is, is below the level of most of the other buildings. And so it has no view at all. It essentially just looks into other people's windows. So, you know, there's obviously some issues there in terms of privacy. And this is a wider view of more of the sort of, if you want to call it a courtyard, where basically, again, they would be, anybody out on this deck would be looking directly into the windows of their neighbors. Um, this is a street view. And what this shows is that because of the slope of Chestnut Street, my building on the left and the building in question are both three-story buildings, but because of that uh, fairly steep slope on Chestnut Street, their building only comes up about two and a half uh, floors compared to mine. And so, again, you know, this deck goes 
basically splits the windows on the west side of my apartment. Um, I work from home, as do my downstairs neighbors. And I had an office in the Zoetrope building for more than a decade, but because of the cost of living and rent being as high as it is, I had to give up my office. And now with the pandemic, it's made it even more necessary to work from home, including daily phone calls and Zoom meetings. And having a deck just outside my office would directly impact my ability to make a living. This is a Google Earth view. This is a overhead view. And this shows where my apartment is. And it's also apparently when this was taken was during a period where they were um, just throwing random garbage out onto that onto that area. I think they were rebuilding a wooden staircase um, at the back of the building. And some of those materials got placed out there and left out there for a while. Um, You know, my, my other concern about this is that we have no guarantee that the apartment with uh, direct access to that deck, which has been left empty for several years now, wouldn't be turned into an Airbnb or some other short-term rental as so many apartments in the city have. And that would result in constant flow of strangers out there having parties without any regard for neighbors that they'll never see again. This isn't some communal area that's been used by the long-term tenants in some of these other apartments. This is a landing that they're hoping to, you know, shoehorn a deck onto for a sales tool for some future occupants um, that don't live there at this point. Um, and again, I, you know, I don't, these aren't hypothetical problems. I mean, you know, with the experience of, of when they tarred that area, having my entire apartment filled with black smoke, if somebody's out there- 30 with, seconds left. A grill or something like that, I mean, that, that smoke's gonna be in my apartment. So I would respectfully ask that the city uphold the appeal and revoke this flawed permit and prevent further attempts to build a deck at that location. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. We will now hear from the permit holder. Welcome, you have seven minutes. Hello, my name is Matt Owens. I am the uh, designer of the deck. The owner, Mr. Chu, uh, who's 91, wasn't able to make it here tonight. So he's authorized me to speak on his behalf. Um, this project has gone through a, uh, a long, protracted process. Um, began in 2019 when the old deck that was up there was torn off and a new roof, um, built up roofing system was put on. Um, and then mistakes were made. The property owner employed a crew to rebuild the roof deck without a permit um, in which the Department of Building Inspection came and red tagged it. This was just prior to COVID, um, which uh, uh, caused a delay. And, um, and then finally, it was in... Um, Um, April of 2021, that Mel Victor, an associate of Mr. Chu, contacted me to try to get this project back on track. So on the 14th of June I visited, of 2022, I visited DBI, um, told them our situation. We had a red tag I wanted to, to see if we could continue building with. We had um, plans. I visited the planning desk. 
first, and they did a, a search of the aerial photographs dating back to 38, and there was clear evidence that it had been used as a deck um, to 2004. And even in the earliest one, which was uh, 1938, there's, it's blurry, but you can see that there were there's some sort of high curb or railings at that point and um, could have been used for drying laundry or what have you, as is common in the area. However, because it was a red tag, um, he wasn't able to plan it or to approve it um, on that day, so it went upstairs. We went through a full planning review, including a 10-day public comment period, um, in which no other neighbors, no neighbors at all, um, objected. Uh, planning approved the project. We took it through DBI uh, soon after, and the project was approved for building permit. Um, uh, we began building once again, and um, the appeal happened, and so now we're here. Uh, for my part, I, I took a look at um, what was there, and we just basically redesigned a deck that was um, in kind to what was there with obvious improvements um, with a, a stouter deck frame so it could hold um, co-compliant railings, a better stairway, um, and various details that uh, bring it into conformance with the fire code. Um, from there, it's kind of a, a he said, she said situation. We have photographic evidence uh, from satellites and, and uh, aerials uh, of the that uh, the deck has been there, um, which I have hard copies of here. I wasn't quite familiar with the process is. Um, we also have, we collected a few snapshots from neighbors that have been there, um, going back to the 70s of people hanging out and being on the deck. Um, you can show them on the overhead if you want. Can you pause the time, Alec? Overhead, please. You just face it towards you as if you're looking at it. Um, this? Yes. Right, this is, uh, this is all from Google Earth. This is a photo. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. These are from the planning department. Um, publicly available records from San Francisco Planning Department. This is 2014 shot, which shows at that point they'd put some artificial turf and some umbrellas and tables there. Uh, this is 10 years earlier, not a very good picture, but it still shows the artificial turf and it looks like a, some, some sort of structure or shade structure there. So it was in use at that point, 2004. Um, and the next, shot that is there is this one from 1938 and this is the deck here and you can see that it's a rather high um, the shadow line and the walls around the roof kind of indicate that it was potentially a uh, a usable space um, that's this is enough information along with these pictures um, 
This is from the 1980s, I believe. If you could face it, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. Um, and you can see the, the lovely railing they had there was uh, aluminum. Um, this is the owner's son, I believe, um, who was talking on the deck. Um, this picture is rather inconsequential. This is a picture just prior to the demo. We got these uh, shots done of the deck, and these railing pieces and wood are actually what was in the photograph that Derek showed that showed junk, like random garbage. It was actually the pile of debris from the, from the removal of the old deck. Sorry, that's pretty useless. And there's another shot of the stairway to the deck. Um, we've also... Um, did manage to get a handful of letters from tenants um, making a statement that they had there had been a duck there um, for as long as they lived there. This is Teresa Walden. Um, it's been the uh, deck's been there since 1989, um, and Niall McCormick um, also made a statement, and he had been there since 1994, 1994 I'm sorry. Um, and the owner, although he didn't provide a statement, um, will testi would testify if necessary. That, that's, uh, that's time, thank you. The we'll deck time had been there since, since he purchased. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thanks. We will now hear from the planning department. Oh, I'm sorry, Commissioner Lindbergh has a question. Thank you. My apologies. Thank you. Uh, I, I do look forward to hearing what planning has to say about this, um, but I, I just want to clarify a few things, having looked at the, the permit and the NOV as well. I know we're not hearing the NOV tonight. That's not an issue, but uh, the permit was to remedy an NOV. Um, first of all, the permit itself says that this is a utility platform, not a roof deck. Um, was it, But I, I'm seeing all of this neighbor testimony and everything saying that this has always been a deck, but even according to, to planning records, it doesn't actually seem to be a deck at all. Can you address that? Um, I know that when we originally uh, submitted for a permit, we called it a utility platform, um, and we were told that that wouldn't be accurate. So when we made the planning submission, we changed it to a roof deck. Somehow, when the permit got approved two years later, it became a utility platform, but that happened on the, uh, uh, when the general contractor brought it through. I'm not sure how that got renamed. Okay, and then uh, secondly, uh, just to confirm, I, I think you kind of alluded to this, but I, I just want to confirm. The, at first, the owner removed the existing deck without the use of permits back in 2019, I think you said? This is correct. Okay, and then began reconstruction of that platform also without a permit, is that correct? That is correct. Okay, um, I just wanted to make sure I have my facts straight. Uh, thank you. We have a question from Commissioner Epler. 
Um, yes. How how um, is that area accessed, and what accessed, and what units have access to that area in the building? Um, there's a a U-shaped, somewhat U-shaped central court that goes to ground level that has a uh, a stairway that's goes from the street access to that stairway that accesses all of the units. And at the top of the stairs, it goes to the, a roof of one of the parts of the building that's one story lower than the rest of the building. So it's open to the entire, all of the residents of that unit. Okay, thank you. Thank you. We will now hear from the planning department. Good evening, President Swig, Vice President Lopez, members of the board. I'm Tina Tam, Deputy Zoning Administrator. 379-399 Chestnut Street is an L-shaped lot at the southeast corner of Chestnut and Stockton Street. It contains a three-story over basement apartment building with about 11 dwelling units. It is located in the RM1 zoning district. Constructed in 1906, it is a potential historic resource. Filed on June 14, 2022, the permit is to comply with DBI's notice of violation, and it is cited on the permit to say to replace a wood frame utility platform, which we all understand to be as the roof deck for the project. The appellant is the neighbor who is residing at 377 Chestnut Street, which is the adjacent apartment building to the east. The appellant's concerns is that the deck will cause noise and privacy impacts due to its proximity to his existing light well windows. In addition, the appellant believes the root deck violates the planning code and should be set back three to five feet from the light well. On the overhead projector, I'm gonna put up an aerial photograph. And this shows the subject property and it's in its L-shaped configuration. And this is the location of the roof deck. This is the appellant's property and the light well that we're going to be talking about. Here, sure. Zooming in. Helper, zoom in, please. Does that help? This is the L shape that's kind of hatched in blue. This is the deck that you can see almost sort of the, the framing that's I think in the midst of construction for the deck. This is the adjacent property to the east and the light well that abuts in this relationship to the, to the roof deck. I'm gonna go ahead and put up another aerial photograph. This photograph is looking to the east Here's the subject property, here's the deck, and here's the light well of the appellant's property. The roof deck, as you can see in this photograph, is on top of a two-story portion of the building, which is located in the required rear yard. As such, this portion of the building is considered non-complying. As you heard from the applicant, there's always been a deck 
at this location. It was only temporarily removed when the, when the roof underneath the deck was replaced in 2019. While it's unclear as to when this deck was first constructed, we do have photographic evidence showing the deck at this location as far back as 2002. And here's an error photograph of the subject property. Here's the deck. Can you zoom it out a little, Alec, please? It's not, it's not a great photo, it's a, it's a bit grainy. But you can see, and you've seen in the other photographs that the applicant put up, that you do see this part of the, the building with some sort of synthetic or astroturf, high railing, decorating, some sort of outdoor furniture, and then right here is the opening or the access point to the units of the building. And I don't believe we received any kind of complaints that, about the deck or, the, or, the, or when the deck was illegally constructed, so we have no reason why uh, or to believe that the deck is not legal. Now, while non-compliant structures are by definition located within portions of lots that are normally not developable, we do oftentimes do see roof decks constructed on top of non-complying structures to provide space for outdoor activities. In fact, section 188 of the planning code permits a deck on top of non-complying structure, provided that its open railing is no higher than what's required by the building code. In addition, the planning code states that a 10-day letter or notice is required when there's a new roof deck. While this permit is not for a new roof deck, as there was previously one in the exact same size, location, and configuration, the department does acknowledge that roof decks in general may cause um, some impacts, noise, for instance, to neighboring properties. And in this case, in the, for this permit, we have um, sent out the 10-day notice to the neighbors, even though technically one is not required. Upon receiving the 10-day notice, the appellant did reach out to the assigned project planner. And the project planner, through phone calls and emails, did explain to the, the, the appellant that the proposed project does meet the requirements of the planning code and that a three or five foot size setback is not required. Given no DR was filed, the permit was rooted to DBI for review and issued later in November 23rd, 2022. For all the reasons I've stated, the department asked that the board deny the appeal and uphold the issuance of the permit on the basis that the permit was properly issued. I'd like to note that the board does have an option to modify the design of the deck, um, if you so choose. And um, for example, you can ask that the railing be pulled back to match the light well. Um, that would be a reasonable compromise um, and the one that the department would support. We believe that would address many of the concerns that the appellant raised in regards to noise and privacy. So um, we would be open to further discussion with you about that. That concludes my presentation. Happy to answer any questions. Thank you. We have questions from President Swig, Commissioner Shazvinia, and Commissioner Lemberg. So, um, before my fellow commissioners became commissioners a couple years ago, uh, I believe, 
um, there was a whole review of deck um, protocols, what can be done, what can't be done, blah, blah, blah. And is that, is that true? Did, 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 do we not, or am I making believe that I'm a commissioner somewhere in Sacramento? But did, was, was there a whole, um, wasn't there a whole review because there was so much deck uh, um, activity that some of the rules associated with building new decks on city roofs, that was clarified or, or adjusted? Or am I just... Or, or I'm not I'm, aware I'm, of that, I'm thinking sorry. about a, a case that we had in, in the marina. Okay. And a deck was, uh, deck was placed on a, uh, a roof, and, um, and Scott was... It's coming back to me now. Sorry, the you know the hard drive is slow. Scott was the uh, was in your position, and he gave us a uh, a tutorial of uh, new rules related to deck revisions. Mm -hmm. There were yes, there were rules related to you can't go to the edge of the roof. Uh, you have to have a setback. You have you have a certain amount of railing. You can't do this. You can't do that. And this is all part of our new uh, clarification of deck rule. Um, so, it, am I am I remembering that correctly, or you, you perhaps just I, I wasn't there, so I I can't say yeah. I, I remember that. Okay. I remember it was draft guidelines for roof decks. I don't know if they were ever adopted by the planning department, but they were draft okay, guidelines. So I, I, Scott I, Sanchez uh, in the marina, correct? I, I wasn't on the fantasy trip then. Okay. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Um, so. So, so there's amb there's ambiguity with regard to whether there are new draft rules and whether they ever were adopted according to yourself, um, or your your lack of knowledge. Um, second, by the way, your presentation of of this for me uh, was far more far better than the <laughs> the, the 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 two parties because I, I could actually saw the how, how this uh, this this slice of life is presented. Um, so if uh, First, first question. Therefore, um, if this, if if this uh, little piece of, of property, uh, the the owner decided today for the first time to build a deck there, um, what would you say to that? That's a thank you. That's an excellent question. If this is a new deck and it hasn't been one that's been around twenty plus years, we would certainly um, review for its compliance with the residential design guidelines, make sure that there would be minimum impact to the neighbors um, with regards to possibly noise and privacy, and would likely ask for some sort of setback or some sort of match in terms of the light well. Okay, so so uh, this this project, as it's moving forward now, gets and according to your testimony, gets a big pass on many issues because it has been there and it's grandfathered or grandmothered uh, in. Um, and so uh, yeah, it, well, we just have so much evidence in our records yeah. through all those areas to say it's always been there with its sort of exact same location, and we've never heard anything about that in terms of its impact and whatnot. Right. The precedent has been set. There's been a history of activity. There hasn't been neighborhood outcry, um, blah, blah, blah. So it, you know, it's kind of passed muster over um, 60 or 70 years and or maybe 80 years, maybe 90 years. Uh, and so it's okay. Yeah, um, exactly. That's, right. in why, that's why the, 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 the staff who reviewed this and processed this signed off on it.
Yeah, okay. Uh, I think that's a, a key point. And to clarify, um, and it's very important for us to hear the appellant, um, you, would, you, uh, would you consider that the deck would be just as efficient if we, we, if we took the step to modify it to uh, make the footprint not include the light well? It's hard for me to say. I've never proposed this before the the appellant, but we can certainly discuss this now. Yeah. Okay. I think it would help. I think we would possibly be asking for that. It was a brand new deck before us today. Okay. Okay. In in uh, rebuttal, I think that's a fair question to the uh, the appellant, or maybe the appellant, if he's listening, can uh, give us share us his thoughts. Okay. I'll I'll defer to Mr. Trezina. Thank you. Thank you, President Swigin. Thank you for your presentation. You mentioned the 10-day letter that was not required but was uh, carried out anyway. Can you describe uh, what outreach to the adjoining property owner and any input the property owner has? has? I understand the, it is from the tenant, but is there anything from the property owner one way or the other? Yes, thank you. The 10-day notice was, uh, or letter, was sent to all property, um, adjacent properties that abut the subject property, and that would be to all the owners and occupants, and the appellant was the only person we heard from. And, and there was an option to file a DR during the 10-day notice, but the appellant chose not to. Thank you. Commissioner Lemberg? Thank you, Ms. Tam. I, um... So I, based on all the, the photographic evidence, I don't doubt that the, this outdoor space has been there for a long time. Um, what I'm struggling with is, that, is whether this space should be allowed to be habitable for human use. Um, can, can you speak a little bit as to what, I, I, and I, I think this goes into a little bit of what the distinction between a utility platform and a roof deck is, but... Um, a utility platform to me, just as a layman, kind of sounds like it shouldn't be used as a roof deck by actual people. It's just there to serve some sort of utility-related purpose. Um, but I, I also I hear the, the appellant's argument that this is you know, being presented as a roof deck uh, and that it will likely be used by neighbors. Uh, and I certainly hear his privacy concerns given the very, very tight quarters uh, between these properties. So can you kind of explain that difference to me a little bit? Sure, I can, I can try. I, I'm, I can't answer why it was labeled as a utility platform. That's, that's the applicant who filled out the application. But the plans that were submitted with the permit clearly shows a roof deck, and so label is a roof deck, and that's what the planning department reviewed the project to be, a roof deck. Okay. Um, and as to a question President Swig asked, which I think was a very good question, which was if, what, if, if this deck didn't pre-exist, uh, didn't exist uh, previously, uh, how would planning act now? How does how is planning accounted for the re illegal, unpermitted removal of the deck in 2019, and then subsequent rebuilding after that? Uh, uh, does that not count for anything? I think the 2019 permit um, specified that the roof was going to be replaced, or repaired, or removed, or 
I can't remember the exact wording, but it was cited as the roof or the portion of the building where the roof is underneath the deck. So one could ask, well, how do you replace a roof underneath the deck without removing the deck? I mean, I assume the answer to that question is you obtain a permit to remove the deck and, you know, and yes. apply for it, right? Correct. That, that particular permit to replace the roof or repair the roof never came to planning, so we never had the opportunity to ask that question. I see. Okay. Um, ha having seen a number of very tight buildings like this, I... It, it definitely, you know, kind of rubs me the wrong way that this is to be used as human, you know, as a, as a human roof deck. Uh, just based on the visual representations, is, am I totally off base here, or? Um, this is a pretty dense part of the city. It's at the corner of Chestnut and Stockton. And based upon old aerial photographs, this was built in 1906. And there were buildings built at this corner of the block at that time. Um, it is not uncommon to have buildings that are built um, sometimes 100% of the property um, with very little open space. And, um, and we do oftentimes see folks finding little niches and corners to kind of have some amount of open space for their tenants. I'm just going to put up this site plan really quickly. It might Let me, I think I have another better photograph. Let me find that for you. You mentioned just the density or the sort of the tightness of the development pattern. Um, here's in Sandbor map from 1990. This is the latest Sandbor map we have in the records. And this is the Sandbor map in 1913. Can you for the same little? part of the block. It's pretty much exactly the same. There's no change to this part of um, the corner of Chestnut and Stockton. As you can see, there are so many buildings packed into the lot. Right. The building next door has no open space, except for this tiny little sort of like, I don't know, stair deck system. The property next door has a building to the front, a building at the back. The appellant's property also has an apartment building in the front and an apartment building in the back. Mm. So open space is spare. Okay, thank you. Old school city. Okay, thank you. We'll now hear from the Department of Building Inspection. Um, good evening again, Commissioners. Matthew Green representing the Department of Building Inspection. Um, I guess the issue here is whether this deck uh, existed before. I, I do have the re-roofing permit where they specifically say uh, back roof under the deck. I'd like to see that. Um, how do I do that? <laughs> Just say overhead and then Alec can zoom out for you. And just oh, turn it so it's facing you, like you're looking down. Yep, perfect. Like the highlighted part there, the, the, the property owners, when they pulled the permit for the re-roofing, uh, they clearly say that there was a deck there. Um, just as a matter of interest, uh, re-roofing permits are pretty um, 
approved as a matter of course without much review. It's just re 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 redoing the roof. Um, so the question is, how, how do you re-roof an area under a deck without removing the deck? So <laughs> if the property owners had dismantled that deck, replaced the roof, re uh, reconstructed the deck right then, um, we wouldn't be here today. We would have com completed that permit. It would be the end of the issue. Uh, they didn't do that for some reason. Uh, back in April of 2021, about um, a year and a half after this permit was issued, that's when they started putting the deck back. Um, that's when we got a, a complaint. Uh, I'm not sure who the complaint was from, but our inspector went out, realized there was not a building permit for the deck, uh, replacing the deck, and he wrote his notice of violation. Uh, if I go back one point, this, this permit issued in August of... Um, 2019, it was good for 360 days, so it expired by the time uh, this notice of violation was written. Um, and and the, the permit is to comply with the notice of violation, replace, uh, replacing kind of wood frame utility platform on the existing roof uh, with existing uh, bitutane roof. So um, if this was a brand new roof today, uh, there would be requirements for um, uh, one hour walls at, at, at the property lines. Uh, since it's an existing deck, uh, that requirement, did, well, our plan checker made the interpretation that this is an existing deck. There, that is the argument that they took it down and let, you know, did not rebuild it for a year and a half. Is it an existing deck? Uh, our plan checker made the interpretation that it is an existing deck, so it did not have to meet today's uh, building code so that they were rebuilding it in kind, which is a very, very standard um, approval uh, process for other decks when they're being rebuilt in kind. Um, I don't have much more to add to that. Um, I, will add, I will add, though, that it does require fire department inspection and building inspection prior to sign off. So if there's any question about the safety of the deck, that will be uh, uh, inspected by both, both departments. I'm available for any questions you may have. Thank you. President Swig? Um, Ms. Tam was um, speaking about that um, in, in a rebuild, it has to be built to um, current specifications with a proper um, railing around it and all that stuff. Um, in, the in the photos that we saw, there was one photo that had a, uh, I, I'll call it a privacy wall, uh, mm -hmm. because it pretty much was taller than an average human being and obscured the deck. Um, uh, what is What would be the new treatment? Uh, and I'm responding also to uh, or my, my question is in line with the commentary from the appellant where he said, my God, all, the, all the, they'll be doing is looking into other people's windows and it's not only going to be my space, but it's going to be other people who are going to be suffer from lack of privacy. So is, what's legal? Is that six foot, I'm guessing, privacy wall so-called going to go in or is it going to be a... Uh, a pony wall of some kind, and is that pony wall um, uh, opaque, uh, or is it clear? Uh, is it made of uh, what are the specifications? All a, that stuff. I mean, these are these are kind of key issues, um, you know, in conjunction with my fellow commissioner over here, who said, "Is it really is it really good for human beings?" Um, and and also is in line with the the appellant in that uh, it, it kind of obliterates privacy. So what is that wall going to look like? 
It's actually a 42-inch high with um, uh, pickets. 42-inch high with pickets, minimum guardrail so height. A picket, a picket fence, which is 42 inches high. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wouldn't call it picket. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 42-inch <laughs> high, no, no minimum, four-inch four gaps between them. Okay. Ma maximum four inches, sorry. And, and your thoughts, uh, uh, as brought forth by Ms. Tam, with regard to um, restricting the de deck to not include the uh, the, the light well. What What are your thoughts on that? Or are you Are you driven by the Do you no have a, a, a legal precedent to be driven by? Um, no, I have no objections at all to altering the permit to okay. eliminate the area. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We will now move on to public comment. Is there anyone here for public comment? Raise your hand. Okay. No public comment. So we'll move on to rebuttal. We'll hear from the appellant. Mr. Sochera, you have three minutes. I'm confused. I, it just seems like a lot of tortured logic involved here because I, I moved into my apartment in, in very early 2004. So from 2004 until 2019, there was not a deck out there. So I understand that at some point somebody put out some AstroTurf and a couple of lawn chairs and hung out there. Um, now, whether or not that created problems, I, I, I don't know. If somebody filed a complaint or call the police to make a noise complaint, would you have a copy of that? I don't know. I, I, I'd be surprised, you know? And so the idea that, that because at one point people use this space, which again is not a roof deck, I don't understand how that language can be changed. It is a utility platform. It is basically a way to get from their back wooden staircase to that fire escape if they need to get down to the street. That's it, you know, this, what I don't understand as well is that this is a huge building. This building goes all the way to the corner of Stockton and there are 11 units in that building. They have an actual roof. And on that actual roof, if you built a deck, you would have an unobstructed view of the Golden Gate Bridge and the entire bay. It would block my view of the Golden Gate Bridge, which would make me unhappy, but it wouldn't, you know, impede my ability to make a living. You know, I mean, even when people were out there talking about this, uh, you know, even in normal tone of voice, it sounds like they're in my apartment, you know, and the reason that they, they didn't have to tear down a deck before they retard the roof is because there was no deck to tear down. I was the one who, who made the complaint and, and, and filed a complaint with the planning department in 2019, because one day they were just out there, you know, with, with a handful of workers not wearing any respirators or masks with hot pots out there putting tar on that roof and my apartment filled with black smoke. The fire department was called. I had a cat at the time, which wound up hundreds of dollars in vet bills because the cat developed all these breathing problems that, you know, that persist to this day. And you know, there's been a sort of a clear pattern of not following the rules and the laws in terms of that space. So, it wasn't a situation where, oh, we took down the deck just to redo the roof. They redid the roof because they wanted to then build a deck, and that roof was you not stable. Seconds left. I can't imagine if you had more than, like, eight people up on there that you wouldn't have potential problems. And if you're talking about a three-and-a-half-foot, a 42-inch a picket fence around there, somebody could easily fall over the side of that, assuming that, you know, weird things like people go out there and drink, you know, um, 
so beyond the light well, I, there's just a number of, of, of safety issues and having a three and a half foot picket fence doesn't, doesn't uh, in, increase uh, thank you, privacy for myself or even the people out there. Okay, thank you. Thank President you. Swig has a question for you. Just to follow up on, uh, again, Ms. Tam suggested maybe uh, it would make you feel better if, um, if they adjust the, the, the platform design to not include the light. Well, does that mean anything to you? Or is it just the, the macro sense that there should not be a deck there? Well, I mean, I, you know, obviously my preference would be not to have a deck there, but yeah, I mean, if they're blocking the light well, essentially that's, that's the apartment, you know, I'm the third floor. And so there's apartment below me and then the, and then the, the bottom floor, which are, you know, are people who also work from home. Um, that sound travels, you know, I think when you look at those plans and you realize just how, you know, these are like puzzle pieces, everybody's on top of each other. And one of the things that helps sort of keep the peace is the fact that people are respectful of that. And I think the minute you introduce something like a deck, you're sort of breaking that agreement. I think there's an understanding. It's like, oh, what's well, a deck? And there's 11 apartments that have access to that. Thank you. Thank you. How very many much. people, you know, so thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. We'll sure. now hear from the permit holder. Thank you again. Um, well, this time I'm going to speak towards the roof deck itself. Uh, the reason that owner is so motivated to to continue having this is because it is it is the only outdoor space that these 13 units enjoy. Um, yeah, there is a small, as she mentioned, a, a very small alleyway at the bottom, um, but this is just an old, dense and uh, crowded area and that roof deck has been, and if it were to be removed, would, um, would be a, a detriment to the owners or, or the tenants that live there and that have come to enjoy it and has made it a part of, a part of their life. Um, notwithstanding his, um, Derek's comments, the, the deck has always been there, um, and he, he certainly moved in with a deck and photographic evidence proves that there were deck chairs out there. There's never been any noise complaints that I'm aware of. No other neighbors in the area have appealed or appealed during the planning process. It's just been a part of and parcel, a fabric of that place. So we simply were just replacing the deck as is. We would be more than willing to look at ways to work around the light well um, but I believe his windows are up high enough that nobody's looking straight into them. Um, and the light well does have lower windows, I get, but they're obscured. Um, it was in October 2018 that the planning department did work with DBI and, um, in trying to create a roof deck policy. I don't believe any of those got, or a few of those got amended, but mostly it became a, a recommendation that each roof deck would go under review, and there was a series of recommendations, including setbacks. Unfortunately, this deck's only 10 foot wide, um, so a setback on the 10 foot side would be render the deck virtually useless, um, uh, but we would be willing to, to, 
to work with the light well in some way, so that would uh, appease them. One of the recommendations of a roof deck is that the railing can only be as high as the 30 second minimum or maximum allowed by the building department, which is 42 inches. Um, but once again, that's a recommendation. We'd be willing to do solid railings, um, higher solid railings that matched more of what used to be there. Um, but we would be very distressed if we were not, the, the owner would be very distressed if we, if we couldn't continue enjoying this property in the way and, and the, the, the paying tenants expect you know, uh, Thank you. That's to time. enjoy in the future. Thanks. Question from President Swig. Yeah, short question. Yeah. Uh, heard 42-inch uh, picket fence type uh, deck soft photos all the way back to 1938 uh, that indicated a, a fire, uh, uh, some of which in, in, included a fire uh, escape, looked like a ladder. Mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't see on the, I, I didn't look on the plans to see the accommodation for where that uh, fire escape is going to be and and how f a fire safety is going to be protected uh, with a with a fence being there how is we have a, a gate drawn in for that spot okay and uh, and fire department approved that okay right. okay thank you okay. we'll now hear from the planning department Thank you, Tina Tang, for the planning department. Um, as I stated earlier, a roof deck is allowed on top of a non-complying structure per the planning code, so long as the railing is open and no more than the height that's permissible by the building code, which is 42 inches tall. Um, while this is not a new deck, we did somewhat treat it like it's a new deck and send out the 10-day notice, so um, we went above and beyond. Um, from a process standpoint. And I'll go ahead and put up a partial floor plan. This shows the deck, the light well, and a possible design solution, which is to go ahead and pull back the railing of the deck, perhaps three feet from the common property line. Um, we do want the exterior railing to be open to comply with the, the planning code, um, but we would be open to this part of the railing be solid to provide more privacy to the appellant's property. You mentioned the escape. This is, this is the fire escape, and this is the little sort of door to access the fire escape. Okay, thank you. Any questions for the planning department? Okay, thank you. We will now hear from DBI. Good evening again. I'd just like to clarify that the 42 inches is the minimum height of a guardrail on a multi-unit building. It's not the maximum height. So it is, it is code compliant. It's 42 inches because it has to be 42 inches. Um, you expressed some concern about the fire safety. The fire department has approved these plans, and they will do a site visit to uh, before the permit is completed. I'm available for any questions you may have. Uh, so the minimum is 42 inches. They they could take it to 60 inches or 72 inches. Well, they're, they're replacing this in kind, so it's 42 inches is 
according to the designer, that's what was there before. Oh, right? okay. All right. Well, I, I mean, I saw a photo yeah. of the same designer showed us that it was, uh, was higher than the gentleman it, who was standing there. So I don't know what's historical. I don't know what's historical because there's been many historicals in this mm -hmm. project. Yeah, you, it looks like as it's we changed all saw. So thank you. But I would say up to the higher it goes, then the planning department would want to uh, get involved with that. All right, so 42 inches is a, is a recommended level. 42 inches is probably what what planning would would accept and approve. And anything after that becomes a further discussion, which you know, which obliterates our discussion today. Okay, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you, commissioners. This matter is submitted. Uh, uh, Mr. Lopez, I'll give you the the opportunity once again to start the ball. Uh, well, thank you. Um, I, I think it's I think it's appropriate for uh, the the deck to continue uh, as planned. Um, I am uh, I am drawn to the 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 light well uh, adjustment uh, proposed by. Uh, planning, I think that's reasonable, but uh, my my initial reaction is that uh, it would be appropriate to essentially allow the permit holder to, uh, to essentially replace a pre-existing uh, deck. Mr. Trasvina? Yeah, I agree with Commissioner, uh, Vice President Lopez. Commissioner Lemberg? I, I, I differ on this one. I, I really, I would be inclined to grant this appeal in its totality. I think the, I think that the removal in 2019 is not irrelevant here. I think, um, you know, that the, the permit holder is arguing that the tenants rely on this deck and that it's pre-existed for all these years and yet it was removed in 2019 and has been not accessible the entirety of the pandemic, uh, which is when tenants would actually want that outdoor space, uh, as we all remember, or certainly those of us who live in apartments and, uh, and condos remember. Um, during the pandemic, outdoor space was a, a major premium here, and that hasn't been available for the last three years uh, to the tenants of this building even. Um, and I also think that um, that the appellant's concerns are very legitimate here. I think, uh, you know, while while we can't, uh, you know, make a finding based solely on privacy concerns or anything like that, um, you know, I, I think the fact that this deck was removed in 2019 is sufficient to say that this is a new deck and, you know, and planning even kind of came out on that side too and gave the... 10-day notice that they said they maybe weren't required to, but they did because it was appropriate to do under the circumstances. Um, and, you know, I, I, I do agree with, with planning that if, you know, if the re-roofing permit had been done properly in 2019, we wouldn't be here today. Um, I, I, I agree with that sentiment, but uh, I don't agree that it is irrelevant to this happening now in 2022. I think so much time has passed. Um, and 
again, the, the appellant's concerns are legitimate. Um, you know, I, I, I certainly would not be willing to support uh, a granting without the amendment for the um, uh, for the light well, but I, I would be inclined to uh, grant the appeal and not permit this uh, outdoor deck. Uh, and I, I, I do also agree with the appellant's contention that this building could have a real roof deck that is, uh, you know, on actually on the roof rather than in this weird little back area of this building that would be a much greater value to the tenants of the building. Um, so I've, I've talked long enough. I'll pass to Commissioner Epler. Um, thank you. I, I have a, a lot of uh, sympathy for, for what, what you've articulated there. I, my, my question, you know, that, that I was mulling my brain but never found the right opportunity or time to ask is, you know, it's akin to when do you lose the right to a pre-existing non-conforming use um, because this was a, a very odd deck. Um, despite the fact that, you know, I'm sympathetic to the lack of rear yard and the need for, for outdoor space. Um, so, you know, the, the thought of this many years later rebuilding it as is, is, is a stretch in my head. But I think there's a, there's a practical issue here, and that is that there will need to be access to that area for the fire escape. And so what we have unfortunately, is an architecture that creates a very, very attractive nuisance to the people that live in those 11 units. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a, a, to go out there and use that space in a way that if we do nothing, it's not designed for and provides uh, perhaps a less than safe situation and for the appellant, a less than ideal situation because there is no uh, mitigation to any of the issues that have been raised. And so... You know, I tend to look at the suggestion by the planning department that has the setback and the higher walls along the light well and see that as perhaps the most equitable, equitable way to, to parse this very difficult situation that we've been presented today. Thank you. Um, I would agree with Commissioner Epworth's point of view. Uh, I am sympathetic. Uh, to my other fellow commissioner's point of view that it's really a lousy deck. Um, but I also have to pay attention, and that's I've learned to pay attention uh, to planning and their commentary on precedence and what, what, is, what is the law or what has been interpreted as the law. And as Ms. Tam has said, because I asked her, you know, she said, it's, this is a legal non-compliant uh, situation that has been precedent in, for present for many years. Therefore, the precedent has been set. No matter if we, you and I look at it as a, a lousy deck in an overcrowded situation, uh, the, uh, the legal precedent, I think, stands. Um, I am sympathetic to the appellant, but I think I would go along with Commissioner Epler and also support the thought related to uh, the drawing that was presented by Ms. Tam uh, with the higher, with the, uh, the carve out for the light wall and the higher uh, wall on, on that side. So I'll let Mr. Epler uh, make, the, uh, make the pitch here. Well, and I'll, I'll rely on, on, on Julie's advice on how to make this, but I, I think that my understanding is that we, we basically we grant the appeal with the con issue the permit on the condition it be revised to require that the railing be pulled back from the light well 
three feet back from the property line. That's what planning yep. suggested. Number two, that there's solid railing at the light well. And I'm not really sure what that means. Solid, like one solid wall? Like Opaque. so that it's private or what, what do you mean? Thank you. Um, yeah, solid where there's not any sort of open railing conditions. No, not open at all, like wood, solid mm -hmm. wood. Okay, and then did you have the height on that, right? It, yeah, I have a suggestion about the height because on that portion for privacy, or I mean, it might Six block feet? his light though. Six feet, seventy-two inches. Yeah. H how many inches? Seven, seventy-two. Wouldn't wouldn't that block the light well though? I mean, wouldn't that block all of the light going to the appellant's apartment? Fair point. <laughs> The railing is pulled back. It's not on the property line. Sure, but if, if the if the setback's only three feet and the wall is six feet, that sounds like less light to me rather than more. How, how far back is the light well from the property line? I'm going to pull the plans. I, I don't have it measured, but I can go ahead and eyeball it. Okay. You could also pull it back even further than three feet. That kind of vitiates the deck a little bit and may give him more light if you pulled it back. I said you could also pull it back further than three feet, and that kind of... Can, can we also do, like, privacy material that still lets in light but that you can't see through? Right, like opaque glass or right. translucent or material. I'm going to put this back up on the overhead and Perfect. perhaps the architect can confirm if that's the case or not. The light well is not um, denoted. I mean, this, the size of the light well is not denoted on the plans, mm -hmm. but using the same scale that says four feet here, which is approximately the same width as this, maybe less. The width is about four feet or so, maybe three to four feet in width. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, about four. That's sort of, four, sort of generally the idea. Feet. Three feet would be probably the, the minimum um, in terms of the setback from the common property line that I would suggest. And the solid is just to go ahead and provide some amount of privacy. I wasn't necessarily suggesting, suggesting anything taller than 42 inches, but if, some, if that's something that the board feels like it's important or would be helpful to the appellant, yeah. we would be open to something taller since it's not on the edge and we're not so concerned about. So, so 40, 42 inches then. Okay, and did, she's saying that three feet from the property line is the minimum amount. You could go more if you want. Let's go, can we go then four feet? Four feet? Yeah, four foot setback. Okay, from the four foot, and in terms of the height of the railing would be 42 inches. That's, and then what kind of, what is the material? Solid railing at the light well with opaque material, or I guess translucent material? Translucent material. Okay. Did you want to check in with the appellant just to see if this addresses? His concerns, would he want it higher? Because it seems like you're willing to go higher, but yeah. we didn't want to block his light. Yeah, let's check in with the appellant, please. Okay. 
Mr. Shoshera, do you have any feedback on this proposal or this motion? Yeah, I mean, I think if it were set back four feet, and I think the higher, the better. I think if you went six feet, it wouldn't significantly block the light from those windows. I would rather have a solid wall there in terms of privacy and maybe block a little bit of the noise. Uh, the, the light concern is, is not, not as important to me. Okay, well, they, they are proposing a translucent material so that the light could go through, but you'd still have your privacy. It's I, guess, I mean, I guess. I know that would just be even uglier than what's already there, I think, but <laughs> that, that's a design issue. Would you prefer a, wood? I mean, now's the time. Yeah. yeah, I think wood would make more sense. That's obviously what they were planning to build from anyway. I think if okay. you put a translucent plastic up there, it would, it would look like... Um, Okay. Yeah. Well, that's why we were checking with yeah, you. We can go with wood. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to repeat the motion. We have a motion from Commissioner Epler to grant the appeal and issue the permit on the condition that it be revised to require that the railing be pulled back from the light well, uh, four feet from the property line, and that the railing at the light well is made of solid wood material and that it would be 60 inches high. And this motion is made on the basis that What's our option here? It addresses the privacy concerns, yeah. some of the privacy concerns of the appellant? Yes, that addresses some of the privacy concerns of the appellant. Okay. On that motion, Vice President Lopez. Aye. Commissioner Trisvina. Aye. Commissioner Lemberg. Nay. President Swig. Aye. Okay, that motion carries four to one, and that concludes the hearing. Thank you. And We will see you next week. And... Um, so in the for the permit holder let me see mr owens so we'll reach out to you there's a we'll talk to you about the process after i'll reach out to you tomorrow because you're going to have to submit revised plans and get a special conditions permit after the written decision is issued so we can talk by phone about it tomorrow thank you